Welcome to the Cosmic Business Podcast. I'm Paula Crossfield, a Vedic astrologer, business coach, and CEO of Weave Your Bliss, a company with the goal to help a million spirit-led entrepreneurs build a cosmic business around their genius so that they can earn wildly well and bankroll the change they want to see in the world. A cosmic business is a new paradigm business that believes in collaboration over competition, building a business around your unique genius, aligning to the planets and your intuition, leading with your values, putting your health and the health of the planet first, treating people fairly and building giving into your business model. Sounds fabulous, right? On this show, I will take you behind the scenes of my thriving multi-six-figure business, including strategy on closing more sales, nurturing your community online, plus astrological insights to optimize your business and life. We'll also feature conversations with spirit-led business owners, creatives, and change makers to inspire you. I'm coming to you from our regenerative farm in rural Maine, my happy place, where we are currently creating space to welcome community for retreat and earth reconnection. Let's jump into the conversation. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I'm so looking forward to sharing my interview with Samantha Adderd. And we talked about how to really look at your cycle as a woman. The guys might be interested in listening to this episode as well to better understand women's cycles, but specifically as a woman in business, thinking about your cycle and how you can regain your energy and your time by thinking about things through the lens of that cycle. So you will not want to miss this episode. Before we jump in, and I will tell you a little bit more about Sam in a moment, I want to let you know that tomorrow I'm having a workshop called Turn Your Skills Into Cash, Creating Hell Yes Offers. And so the things that I talk about with Sam in this episode, because Sam is a former client who was inside one of my programs, which is now the Cosmic Business Lab and Mastermind. So she was in a version of the Mastermind that was a shorter term. And we work together to create and align her business to her ideal niche and client. We helped her create an offering and a marketing plan that works with her energy. So we talk about that here as well. But this uh, event that's happening tomorrow is specifically for people who have lots of skills. They're really good at what they do. They just haven't figured out how to create a strategic aligned offer and message that really attracts the perfect fit clients. And so this workshop is going to be 90 minutes that will literally change your business. So I definitely want to invite you to come. The link is in my profile to get your spot. So please go there and make sure you do that. And so this episode really is talking more about all of the things that we can be thinking about as women to optimize our periods and help us feel better to help us plan better and really utilize our time and also take back our power as women. Okay. Samantha Adderd is the founder of Spiro Collective and is an Ayurvedic health counselor, nutrition PhD, and a yoga instructor with over 2,500 hours of teaching experience. Sam shares holistic soul nourishing practices from Ayurveda to help women find alternatives to artificial hormones and medications for chronic issues so that they can actually enjoy menstruating, which we talk about in this episode. She breaks down what that exactly means. You will not want to miss that. Also, so you can optimize fertility 
reclaim your body, and step into your feminine power. Sam lives in Buffalo, New York with her husband and toddler son and is happiest when she's by the lake. So without further ado, please do enjoy this case study and also a lesson, sort of like a mini masterclass on syncing your period with your business and reclaiming this time and helping you get a symptom-free period. Because of course, we give you tips. We do not leave you hanging. There's some really great content in here about how Ayurveda can help you to heal period pain. Okay. Without further ado, here's my interview with Samantha. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Paula. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to jump in and talk to you. Basically, the first question I'm curious about is just your story. How did you get started as an entrepreneur and why focusing specifically on women's health? How did I get started as an entrepreneur? So that came started when I was in the middle of grad school. And I was doing a lot of searching around. I was getting my PhD in nutrition. And I started working with this career coach. And the question I had for her is, am I going to focus my all of my academic research on international or on domestic issues? And this was sort of the question that I had brought to her. I can't decide which one to do. And it led me on this journey of talking to people in different academic institutions, government institutions, nonprofits to work out what it is I wanted to do next. And as I kept asking these questions and kept talking to more and more people, uh, it led me towards more of an interest in the private sector than I thought that I would have had. And then ultimately led me into entrepreneurship and a big piece of the desire to be in the private sector as opposed to sort of an academic institution was the ability to iterate and the ability to say, I have a new idea or I've gotten new information and I can put it into action right now. And I think that really is why entrepreneurship speaks to me so much is that on an an instant, if I get new information, if something changes, if I want to change something, I can do it. There's no, there's nothing really holding me back from making those changes and those iterations. So entrepreneurship just really fit in that way. Also, it was a major process of me realizing the importance of individualized attention and individualized care. I was doing this PhD in nutrition. It was really focused in, in public health. I was at uh, UNC Chapel Hill. On the one hand, I care so deeply about creating systems and organizations that support people's health. But in the process of all of that learning, saw how much of the Ayurvedic wisdom we've left behind and this Eastern perspective that we left behind of personalization, of actually looking at individuals and talking to them and seeing what do they need and what is their unique situation and story. And so that was another reason why entrepreneurship became so important because I had this moment of saying, well, I really want to be a practitioner. I want to be with one person and work with them and and understand them deeply and help them move. Because if we move the individuals, that will also shift the collective. Mm, I love that. What was the issue that you were seeing among women around their cycles 
that really drove you to have that become the focus of your work? Was this something that was personal for you? Or was this like in your practice? Because I know you were seeing people as an Ayurvedic practitioner and nutritionist. Like, was there just something that was coming up again and again? And you were like, holy crap, there's this problem. <laughs> tell me, tell me like what happened there? Well, it was that combo because I saw my problem repeated in other people. And that's when I said, oh my gosh. So I had spent years um, with it was digestive issues that then once I hit puberty became period issues. And my period were, you know, sometimes they'd show up, sometimes they wouldn't. They'd come every two weeks, sometimes they'd come every eight weeks. When they did show up, and when it did show up, I would be in incredible amounts of pain. I'd have crazy digestive issues related to my period. I'd get dizzy, I'd pass out, I'd get hot. Like I had just these this awful experience. But then every doctor that I went to didn't really have a reason or a cause or a solution beyond, let's try some birth control pills. Let's try some progesterone pills. Let's try some Tylenol. Like Maybe we should do surgery. Like There wasn't any practical solutions that were getting offered. There was nothing that I could do to actually support myself or to actually... Um, to eliminate the cause of the problem that I was experiencing. I did see how diet was having an impact. And that was sort of my first clue. And one of the reasons why I got so interested in Ayurveda is because I was noticing how when I decreased the amount of dairy that I was consuming, when I changed, you know, not eating as much refined grain, some of these, these general tips that, uh, that many of us experience and many of us hear that it was making a difference and was moving the needle and how I was feeling, though it didn't fix it all completely. So that was something that I was working on myself and sort of experiencing my own healing journey of things getting better and better. And, and then um, through specifically my work with my Ayurvedic teacher, Myra Lewin of Hale Pule, we were able to really finally change and shift my experience of menstruation but then in my work with clients, I mean, especially women with endometriosis, fibroids, PCOS, where they spend years to get a diagnosis and are bouncing around from doctor to doctor to even get someone to believe that they're having issues. That was, I just felt, <laughs> this is like the part where I just want to give everyone a hug. Like, I just felt like so sad that so many people are walking around feeling so unsupported and so alone in their situation. And, and it just made me say there, there's a reason why you're experiencing this. And it's not because you're broken. And it's also not because periods are this awful curse, right? And instead that we can make changes in diet, in lifestyle, and how we're approaching our womanhood that can alleviate the, the situation in the first place and lead us to a place where we are feeling better not just in our periods, but also in our digestion and our energy and our skin and all of these other aspects of our lives, but that so much of it does start and, and that our, our menstruation is a, a vital sign of what's going on in the rest of our health. I know because you know we work together, you were inside the Cosmic Business Incubator, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But I remember you saying this radical statement, which was, you know, you could actually enjoy your menstruation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> like even, you know, I've got some things, I've got some tools in my toolkit and I totally get what you're saying. And then I'm also like, enjoy, <laughs> wait, this is another level. So maybe you could talk about that just for a minute. Like, what do you mean when you say that? 
Oh, I love that. Yeah. And when they talk about enjoying menstruation, you know, the first thing that comes up is, I mean, obviously me enjoying menstruation relates to the fact that I don't experience pain or symptoms or headaches, or I get probably a little more emotional before my period, but it's not crazy mood swings or anything like that. So that's sort of that first step is if you if you aren't experiencing a lot of symptoms, there's the possibility that it could be something you enjoy. And then step two is when you tune into the actual energy of the menstrual cycle from beginning to end, it's a really beautiful process, right? Just like in, in Ayurveda, something that I, I love so much is how the, the macrocosm is repeated on the microcosm. And in all these different levels, we have the same cycles of birth, sustain, and death and recreation that go around and around. When we look at the menstrual cycle, you know, the same way that we look at, let's say, the seasons of the year, there's menstruation, which is like the winter, right? It's the death, the, the release. We have the follicular phase, we move into the spring and we start to gather a little more energy. Things start to rise. There's a freshness. There's new ideas. We move into summer, right? The fruition, the creativity. This is ovulation. And then we move into the luteal phase. Things are sort of like fall. Things get a little quieter. They get a little drier. They get a little more variable. That's that those mood swings we might experience before we move into the winter again. So when I say that I enjoy menstruation, it's an enjoyment of that entire process of rising and falling and an enjoyment of, of moving through all of these different aspects of myself and of my personality. And that, you know, when I say, oh, okay, you know, I, I'm, I'm bleeding, I have my period, I'm not going to do the same activity that I would do at another time of the month. Like, it's, it's kind of like, um, if you've ever lived anywhere that's like really sunny and it's like sunny, sunny, sunny every day of the week. And then finally it rains and like there's almost like the sigh of relief, like, oh, good, I can just stay inside today. It's sort of, it's sort of like that with your period. Like, okay, we've been out, we've been doing things, we've been, do, you know, having all this activity and, oh, here's the invitation to get quiet. And that's why I enjoy menstruation. It's like, oh, here's that invitation to slow down and to get to enjoy these other aspects of myself. Yeah. It sounds like it's also like embracing fully what it is to be a woman and not, you know, releasing all shame that we have around even discussing this topic, you know, and allowing us to be like, yeah, no, this is our body. This is how it is. Well, if you're uncomfortable, I, you can also go over there, you know, like, <laughs> right. Well, this is something that comes up with clients a lot. Like an example that I think a lot of people will resonate with is this example comes up around cooking. And how in our culture, cooking and eating are things that are getting in the way of everything else we need to do. And if we instead reframe it as like, we need to eat to sustain ourselves, like cooking, like cooking ourselves and nourishing ourselves as a gift, then suddenly it's not this thing that's in the way. And so there's the same deal if menstruation is part of this beautiful process, like that is quite miraculous if you really think about the way that our body actually does this month after month, then it's it's no longer in the way. I know you like to talk about a feminine business. I mean, this is to me a really important piece of a, of a feminine business, not just I menstruate, but of getting rid of this notion that we should be the same 
365, you know, 24 seven, that the energy should always be there. You need to always show up day after day after day. But a feminine business to me also is cycles. embracing and welcoming the cycles, right? That there's a time and a season and a place for all of these activities. I think this dovetails so nicely into, you know, something you shared with me is that you actually sync your business activities to your menstruation. So maybe you can talk about that. Like, what does that actually look like? Like, mm-hmm. how would somebody get started with that if that's a new idea? Yeah. So it can be twofold because it can be on the level of sort of mentally, how are you approaching business? And then also practically, how are you actually, you know, scheduling your time? So one thing that you can do if you if you chart or track your menstruation, if you know when you typically menstruate in the month, you know, block off a couple extra hours during that that week. I try I say I try to schedule myself to like 80% when I'm menstruating, right? I don't uh, purposefully push myself harder. This is a little harder to do for like long-term planning, but if I'm looking at the two or three weeks ahead, you know, I'm not going to schedule like Sam's going to give a three-hour lecture, you know, on the day that she's supposed to start menstruating. And again, that's not because I wouldn't be able to do it because I'm going to be in pain. No, it's because I know I'm going to be more have more verbal acumen uh, when I'm not menstruating. I know that I'm going to have a little more energy, a little more charisma if it's when I'm ovulating. A little practically thinking about how much you're scheduling yourself, and then. Mentally, something that I really love to do is is put my energy into projects in sort of this monthly cycle. Like, could I could I come up with an idea, or like, can I start a project? You know, sort of at the beginning of the month, meaning like after I've menstruated, start to work on it, bring it to fruition, and and start to wrap things up before it's time to menstruate. Now, of course, this does not always fit to this exact thing that all projects are exactly four weeks in length and all of that thing. But of having that intention of, you know, I'm in my follicular phase. What new ideas are coming to light? You know, I am ovulating. This is a good time to send that email. Um, so sort of the same way that you use the Joe Tish to say, what is this? the time? Like, you know, every time is good for something. So what is this the time for? That's what I I try to do. If if I'm menstruating and I'm sitting here trying to like write this big pitch email, like, no, I'm not going to make myself do that if it feels like it's not in alignment. Right. I love that. And I also think about like visibility strategy, you know, like when are you going to be visible in spaces where you're going to promote your business? We can't always control that. Sometimes we get an invitation, but it may be something you consider too. Like, is that invitation falling on the day that I'm literally supposed to start menstruating? And like, how do I feel Mm -hmm. about that? Because I noticed that right after my cycle, that two weeks through ovulation, that's when I like to be visible. I feel really, you know, like I'm more able to have my words at hand. Like you said, I feel really like, you know, upbeat and like ready to take on anything. You know what I mean? And it's that luteal phase where I start to kind of pull back and my cycle just happens to sync with the new moon. So it's like a natural thing, like you were saying with the Jotish that that fits in. It doesn't work that way for everybody. 
But I imagine a world where you could have both of these things in mind as you're planning. It's like, okay, this is an auspicious day. Like if you're looking at my astrology guidebook, this is an auspicious day. And then you can look at your own cycle and see like, maybe there's an auspicious window there. And one of the days falls in the better part of your cycle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly it. And exactly. And if you're scheduling things and someone gives you two options, you take a look. Okay, well, it's much more likely that this other option is going to work better for me. And just the, I think a, a big thing that I end up talking a lot with folks about is, is just permission. Permission to say no, permission to say yes, permission to say this just doesn't feel right. Especially, you know, we get so out of our intuitive capacities when we're trying to live on the 365, 24-7 cycle. And the invitation of the feminine is to be in our intuitive capacities. And so this is a piece of information that you can use to help continue aligning with that. It sounds too like from what you told me before we had this, you know, before we started to have this conversation, is that this was a a big step towards you actually healing menstruation issues. So can you talk about that? Like, would this be a step one is just starting to look at the, the like the lay of the land of your cycle and actually scheduling your life, not just your business, but like as much as you can schedule your life around that? I think so. And for for me, because it was it was recognizing the way that I was trying to steamroll over my period every month. That was a really important piece to to me healing because you know, I'm thinking back to when I was um, I was teaching yoga and I was you know running around and I was everywhere. <laughs> I always laugh because I was living in DC at the time. And if we go down any street in DC, I will have a building that I have taught yoga in on that street. Like it's insane. And so you know, so I was everywhere. Every single day was a different day. You know, I'd be here, I'd be there, it'd be late, it'd be early. You know, everything was was so chaotic variable, vata provoking is one might guess. But at the same time, there was this push, 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 must do more, must keep going. And this period is in my way. Like if I wasn't menstruating, this would be easier. Like, you know, and all of these different pieces that were coming up. And, you know, really my period was forcing me to to stop that because what was happening was you know, I'd be trying to teach yoga somewhere and I'd be in such pain that I'd have to like go home. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. When I actually started to slow down during those times and actually say, you know what, maybe I shouldn't say yes to this thing. You know, even though someone asked me to, and even though it seems like a great opportunity, that it was in starting to say no, that I was able to to slow down enough to see all of the, the beliefs I had around periods, the beliefs I had about being a woman, and the ways that I was trying to pretend it didn't exist and stamp it out. Now, in case anyone's listening and then is getting scared that that I'm saying you can't work during your period or that that see you can't do all that stuff, I, I needed to step back enough in order for my body to heal enough. But again, like now, like in case anyone's wondering, I am actually menstruating right now and I'm fine and we're here and all is well. Finding a balance, you know, it's like literally finding a balance. And and it's not that you can't have it all like that message. It just feels really old because actually what (laughs) we want is to be feeling good in our bodies and our minds and like have the necessary and and the enough and like Mm -hmm. 
not be overwhelmed, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. take things in stride and have help and have support, right? And so I think that the message has changed like in the feminist movement as well, you know, and like owning that and being like, yeah, right now I'm I'm resting. You know, a big value for me in my business is space. It's like, how can we bring in more space, spaciousness? How, and that to me means centering our health. And that means we don't have to sacrifice success for that. Actually, we just plan our business around that, you know, so it's kind of the same. It's like another layer. We're planning for the fact that we know we're going to menstruate most of us every month. You know, if we're in perimenopause, it gets a little weird, but there's still some ways that we can kind of roll with that and, and understand that it's okay to like take it down a notch if we need to. And, and that's part of creating that spaciousness in our business. It is beautiful. And and for folks who don't menstruate or menstruate irregularly, or um, if you are taking birth control pills or something like that, uh, you can follow this same cycle with the moon. There's a reason why people call menstruation the moon cycle. And so perhaps you are already putting some of these practices into play in terms of planning around the moon cycle. But if you're doing that and you're feeling like, well, oh, that's not feeling like enough, I would say, okay, just take it up a little extra notch because when the moon is new, it's not forcing me to slow down. Whereas, you know, menstruation itself can force you to slow down a little bit more. So, so if you're like, I'm trying to do that, it doesn't really seem like it's really working all that well. Can you take it one step further? You know, how can you again, add in extra yoga nidra? How can you, uh, during my week of menstruation, uh, my alarm clock is 30 minutes later and I just, sleep an extra 30 minutes the entire week. And that's just how my body feels really good and really happy. So what can you do to help yourself really feel into and lean into those cycles? I love that. So can you talk a little bit about like, what does Ayurveda offer to a woman who's trying to work better with their menstrual cycle? Like maybe give us a tip or two, like for people who could literally use something right now to improve their relationship to their menstruation. I love that. One of the things that Ayurveda offers that I think is so important is, is recognizing the way that, you know, the makeup of the doshas within us affects our menstruation on sort of like a baseline level, but then imbalances within the doshas we are experiencing will also make menstruation issues manifest in specific ways. So for example, you know, folks with excess vata tend to be the ones with the cramps, the pain, the light periods, the irregular periods, but folks with the extra pitta tend to be having heavy periods, endometriosis, fibroids, PCOS, breast tenderness, you know, whereas folks with extra kapha might be having, you know, kind of really cloudy periods, but a lot of the um, a lot of the PMS symptoms, the, you know, the water retention, the bloating, the cravings, uh, maybe the depression, or just this feeling of heaviness uh, in the PMS period. And this is, this is important because if we know what dosha is causing the specific symptoms we're experiencing, of course, we can then use like attracts like opposites balance to help us return to balance. In addition to all the tools that it offers us in terms of what we've just been speaking about of understanding how there's this rise and fall of energy through the month. But if there's some first things for folks to do for their menstruation, and this could even be for any dosha, 
the practice of Abhyanga, I feel is just one of the most powerful ones that comes from Ayurveda. So the practice of uh, oiling the body on a daily basis, leaving that oil on the body and taking a shower about 20 minutes later. It's so incredibly grounding for the body, incredibly grounding for the nervous system and and sort of just helps us call our energy in and lets us be in our own energy that it is the number one practice that that I invite for for women who are struggling with their menstruation. I have more info about Abhyanga. I should invite people to just message me. I'll give you my specific handout with a sequence that you can actually use to put the oil on the body as well as in terms of how to choose your oil and some different tips for uh, how to actually do the practice if they're not familiar with it. Um, But Abhyanga is one of my favorites. Do you practice Abhyanga? I do. I really love it. It's actually like a lifesaver, you know, and I think it's so under, it's not something that you think is going to make a big difference. It's like drinking a cup of hot water with lemon in the morning, which I also do. You know, people are like, why would that make a difference? But it makes such a difference. Like just those two things alone, like for grounding my nervous system, drinking hot water is about starting up your digestive system in a gentle way in the morning, you know, not dumping caffeine on your stomach or eating right away, but you're just, you're just gently saying hello to your digestive system, you know? So these, just these little habits can make such a big difference. So yeah, with Abhyanga, you have, you're dealing with oil. You have to think about, you know, how you're going to wash your towels with baking soda now, you know, there's just little things, but it's, it's a hundred percent worth it. Or you can just have designated towels that you use and no one else uses because they do get oily. But I find that it's an essential practice. It really is. And one other oil practice that is another one of those like, why does this work? But yet it does is nausea. So putting a couple drops of oil into the nostrils. And it's, I just kind of find it fun that the reason why nausea works so well is because it's balancing to pranavayu, which is the the upward moving wind in the body. And this is so important because pranavayu, that upward moving wind, is the counter, the balancer to a panavayu, the downward moving wind, which is the one that rules menstruation. So if we're having menstrual issues, there's issue with a panavayu, 100%, that's what's happening. And if there's an issue with a panavayu, very, 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 very likely, we've got some issue with pranavayu. So nausea is a really nice, again, you wouldn't necessarily think it would affect PMS and, and menstruation, but by oiling the nostrils and supporting pranavayu, we ultimately are going to support a panavayu. Yes. And if you live in a climate where it's really cold right now, it's dry, we heat with wood. If you've been traveling or you plan to travel for the holidays, you got to use some oil in your nose because the dryness can be really, it can be painful and it can cause anything from nosebleed to just like pain in the nose or turning the nose red from, especially if you've got like seasonal stuff going on and you're wiping your nose. But like, the oiling of my nose has been life changing too. So I absolutely love it. Um, yes. And especially I know so many folks who neti pot that don't nausea after. If you are a nettier, make sure you do that oil afterwards so that things don't get too dried out. One other thing I want to say real quick about Abhyanga, because, because I think this is just something that is so overlooked when it comes to menstrual issues. And it's not as, as comfortable for people to talk about, but is the way that menstrual issues relate to our relationship to being a woman 
to our relationship to feminine power, um, to our relationship to our bodies. And so, you know, Abhyanga can be uncomfortable for a lot of people because they don't want to touch or nourish their body. They might have a lot of body shame. They might not like how their body looks, like all of those different pieces. And this practice of learning to love and love on your body can be deeply healing. So I wanted to mention that, especially if the idea of sort of massaging yourself with oil feels uncomfortable because you maybe don't really love how your body is at this moment. It might be something that's really important and really healing. Thank you for saying that. So I wanted to bring in here, like talking a little bit about your journey inside of my program, the Cosmic Business Incubator. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about like where you were at in your business and how working through that program and those materials helped you to move the needle forward for you. Yeah. Well, we got started. And the reason why I was a heck yes for Cosmic Business Incubator is because, you know, we had our our conversation last spring and I was feeling very lost in in what to do next. I moved from DC to Buffalo, New York, a smaller town, a town where there's not a lot of Ayurveda or awareness of it or a lot of folks doing um, Eastern medicine practices and was feeling a little bit stagnant in terms of how do I share this this science that is so important to me and that I know is so transformative and that I know is so needed, um, but was really struggling with how to get a message across to people. And so you really helped me do Paula was, was see that I, I couldn't sell Ayurveda that I needed to sell and communicate about the issues people were experiencing. And then how they could be resolved. So that switch from like, let me, let me teach everyone about Ayurveda and then they're going to be really interested in it to let me talk to people about the issues they're experiencing and then help them with those issues was a complete 360 and, and completely transformed how I was going about my work. And then also how I, how I feel about my work. Something you've done such a good job. So like what you're talking about is niching, right? And that's something that that's one of the main, like a third of what the program does is it really helps you walk through a process that I created to help you find your niche and help you like settle into it. Cause there's a lot of things the mind will do when it's like, but I can help everyone, you know, like all those different things. So it kind of walks you through how to talk yourself down from those things. <laughs> um, and you've done such a good job of like really embracing the point of view and like having like, what is the true mission? What's, you know, what is inspiring me? Why this particular niche? And so I, I'm just curious if you can talk a little bit about that, like cu- the process of cultivating the point of view, anything you want to share with people listening about the niching process and what felt hard for you and <laughs> how you got through it. Mm-hmm. It is hard, right? Because right? I'm, I'm a very curious person and I love learning about many different things and, and I love supporting many different people. And so it is hard to to be specific. But a a big piece, I think for us, and I think something was really transformative for me, Paula, was when you read my Jyotish chart, and we got to really have the conversation about the struggles that I had about being specific. And you really said like, no, this is in your chart, that it's really hard for you to be specific on it, that ultimately gave me permission to settle somewhere and to be specific to say, okay, 
this is going to feel really hard. This is, of course, this is going to feel really hard, but but I keep coming back to this one group of people, which is women and, and menstruation again and again and again. So once we had that conversation and I did a little bit of the reflection of the fact that this is a niche I've been playing around for over 15 years, it, it made it a lot easier to then just settle in and say, let me try this. Let me do this. Let me, let me stick with it. You know, I know not everyone's Jyotish chart is necessarily going to say that, but, but that self-awareness combined with the, the reflection piece of what do I keep coming back to was really helpful. And, and your process of writing out the mission statement and the value statement, I think to me, that was very important. I'm a very mission-driven person. And so once there was this idea of clarity around a mission and one that just felt so important to me, then it, it's, it's made it very easy to, to stick with it. As opposed to if I just said, I have, oh, I have this niche. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep going on with my rundown sentences, but something else you said, I mean, you've said so many brilliant things to me, Paula, but something else you said to me that this is, this is actually what changed it all. You said the point of niching isn't to be clever. The point of niching is to actually be authentic to your to you. And when you said that, then it all fell into place because I had thought that niching was about being clever. And it was like, let me just come up with the coolest little fanciest thing that sounds, you know, so specific. It's so good. But that it's not about that, but it's actually what you so like care so deeply about that this is your message because it is you. Right. I want to read your mission just so that people have that context. So it says in your bio, so I'm reading it directly from there. Her mission is to help 33,000 women release the need for prescription meds and make peace with being a woman so that they can help build more collaborative and compassionate society that values feminine gifts and power. So we've been hearing that in how you've been sharing today, right? So that mission kind of infuses the message. So I want people to understand this. So like the niche is where we begin and then we really craft our message. And part of that is our point of view. Then we create offers that, you know, those clients that we're calling in really want to have that offer. And they are like, you know, tripping over themselves to give you their money because they're so excited to be part of that. Right. And so this is what I teach people now inside of the Cosmic Business Lab and inside the mastermind. So the incubator has now kind of morphed into a year long program where you can access all the tools. And that's the lab. And you can get three live calls every month. So you have like a nice place to touch in and get, you know, strategy and get extra tools and also network. And then the mastermind is where you actually get my eyes on your chart, like Sam is talking about. And you would be surprised how many people you get that kind of, you know, recognition, like when you get your chart read to be like, Oh, wait, I am in the right place or, Oh, I need to shift. Right. And there's some something there for them. The other thing about the mastermind is it's very similar to the incubator in that we have these strategy calls where you show up and you get my eyes on your business, on your copy, on your message. And we really like hone that. And this time it's going to be over a whole year. So it'll be spacious because that's my <laughs> value in my business. <laughs> great. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's it's just so great to have you here. And I know you have a new program, which we worked on together. So maybe you want to talk a little bit about that and like, tell us what you're helping people to do. Yes. Um, thank you. So your symptom-free period is a program we did put together 
together in Cosmic Business Incubator. So it's a 10-week group program with some additional one-on-one support. So similar to the way that you read the Jyotish chart, I do that work with you one-on-one with your uh, health history, your goals uh, to to kind of craft a tailored plan, specifically trying to help women obviously achieve a symptom-free period, but specifically for women who are currently taking hormonal birth control or um, prescription meds, you know, in order to manage periods or other symptoms, helping them also tailor a plan to hopefully get to release those medications. And then in our 10 weeks, we are addressing uh, food, energy management. We're doing a physical and mental reset, as well as addressing stories about being a woman through our 10 group sessions to walk you through step by step a way to reduce symptoms in PMS, as well as during menstruation and even ovulation to achieve a symptom-free period. It's going to be really fun because, of course, the 10 sessions are crafted and how they relate to the moon cycles. So on full moons, we're doing things that are more active. On new moons, we're going to be a little more internal and reflective. You know, we're going to have our workshop style lectures. Um, about six weeks in, we'll do a three-day kitchery cleanse all together as a group, which is going to be really fun. And then we'll also have group messaging in between so that we can also get to be in community on this. Because especially when we're making changes to our diet, to our routines, to how we're viewing ourselves and our bodies, it can be a really lonely, lonely process. So, so knowing that you're not alone in making these changes and getting to be together. Awesome. Very fun. We start January 22nd. I love that. So we'll put the link in the show notes. So if you're out there going, Oh my gosh, this sounds great. I want to work with Sam. I hope you do. So you can go and check that link out. So I have a couple of rapid, rapid fire questions for you if you're open. <laughs> So the first one is, what is one piece of advice that has really helped you in your life? <laughs> uh, this is not a direct piece of advice, but Cheryl Strayed in Dear Sugar, at some point she wrote, the only reason why you need to do... The only reason you need to give for something that you want to do is that you want to do it. I'm sort of butchering the quote. But it's this idea that you don't need to justify and explain all the different reasons why you're making a decision at any point. You can just make a decision. It's okay that that's why you're making the decision. And I've really loved that one. Um, do you have a morning routine? What part is non-negotiable for you aside from getting out of bed? <laughs> <laughs> I have, yes, I have an extensive morning routine. In true Ayurveda fashion, my morning routine is approximately eight hours long. <laughs> right now, it looks a little funny. I have a four-year-old son and he likes to be part of my morning routine. So I wake up scraping my tongue, doing all the teeth cleaning, neti potting, drinking my warm water. I get food set up in the instant pot for breakfast, um, usually some sort of rice or barley porridge. And then I head upstairs again with sun in tow and I'll do, I've been doing 10 minutes of uh, Ujjayi Pranayama practice. I practice Supreme Release Yoga uh, and do about 30 minutes of that asana meditation, intuitive energy practices, journaling, abhyanga. And he sits there with you during this whole process. Yeah. Does he do it with you? Does he do some yoga? He um, he goes on and off on the yoga. Most of the time he's sitting, he's like literally in this chair. He sits in this chair and is drinking his little Ayurvedic concoction for the morning. So he drinks raisin water to help 
uh, his iron levels. And so he'll drink some iron, uh, his yummy water and eat some dates and sort of chit chat with me as I do this practice. Oh, that's so sweet. I think I saw, so we'll also post like where people can follow you on Instagram. And I saw something that you said, you know, you were teaching him about menstruation and that was like a really enlightening moment. So before I ask you the next question, do you want to share anything about that? I think that would be interesting for the listeners. Yeah, well, it was just, it it came up because um, I was in a store and there was like reusable period underwear and I was, and I was like looking at it and Theo said, Oh, what's, what's that mom? I said, Oh, it's, it's period underwear. And he said, Oh yeah. For when you your period. I said, yeah. And like, and it was, it was just this lovely experience of realizing that he thinks periods are completely normal and fine and don't, doesn't think they're weird and like, Oh yeah, sometimes mom's bleeding. Okay. That's it. Like, and it's just this very regular thing for him. And that's, has been really healing for me because, because we've, loaded it with all this meaning, right? For better or worse, I grew up with the Are You There God? It's Me Margaret and all of those other Judy Bloom books where menstruation was either this amazing thing or this awful thing. And like to sort of be able to approach it with neutrality has been very healing and very wonderful. And then also just joyful to think of like a boy growing up thinking that it's just totally normal and that he could have a conversation about it with someone. Right. I love that. Thank you for sharing. What are you reading right now? Or what book would you recommend uh, to the audience? Like based on our conversation, that is a kind of book that's really, you know, important to you, whether it's related to the topic or not. Okay. Well, I do want to start with because the book that I'm reading right now that I've been basically rereading constantly for about a year now is uh, The Untold Story of Sita. I want to say her name is Deborah Miriam, but I could have that slightly off. The Untold Story of Sita. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. I feel like I'm trying to like think of how to summarize it slowly, but maybe I'll just keep it with the untold story of Sita. So looking at Sita not as this victim that was sort of just like that pretty lady on the side that got stolen, but rather as a powerful partner of Ram in her own right. And it's it's just an absolutely gorgeous book. And I think has catalyzed even a lot of our work of stepping into the importance of feminine wisdom, feminine power and, and, and joy in being a woman. I'm just going to mention that one because it's just, I, I find it to be such a beautiful book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. You're I just welcome. appreciate you taking this time and, you know, everybody go check out Sam's offering and join if it's feeling like it's calling to you and Check out the show notes for more links. And we'll also include the links there for the Cosmic Business Lab, which we start on uh, January the 4th. So we'll be officially open. But if you join now, you get access to all the materials that like Sam and others have used to help build their business. So thank you so much, Sam. Thank you so much, Paula. Hope you have a beautiful day. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cosmic Business Podcast. We hope it was inspiring for you. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review for us so other spirit-led entrepreneurs can find out about us. I want to thank Team Podcast for production support on this podcast, as well as the musicians of the music that we're listening to now, Alexis Georgopoulos and Jeffrey Cantu-Ledesma, 
from an album Fragments of a Season, which you can check out wherever you listen to music. I hope you have a wonderful day and I look forward to connecting with you on a future episode.